everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today I'm going to be sharing just some insights and thoughts that I've had during my own personal quiet time and just what it tells us about who God really is. So I'm taking another little break from deconstructing this week and just kind of talking to you guys about some things that I've been pondering in my own morning time with God, Jesus time, devotion time, whatever kind of Christianese word you want to use. Basically for me, I get up and have coffee and so I journal and will often pick up my Bible and read a chunk of scripture along with it. Not every day. It's not like I have this set schedule or like order of things. I'll always journal. That's almost always going to happen. And I always drink coffee and Bible reading usually happens at least a few days a week. So anyway, I've been in the book of Ezekiel for a very long time now, a couple months. And just this last week have finally made it toward the, to uh, chapters 40 and 41 and 42. But chapter 40 just kind of stopped me in my steps because it opened with this sentence from Ezekiel that said, in the 25th year of our exile. And that just hit me. I think about the last, has it even been two years yet? No, it hasn't, of COVID. And just just the drama and the struggle and just the fear and frustration and everything that COVID has done to just change our lives. I mean, I'm teaching in masks still this year and the kids are wearing masks and I can't see their faces and I'm missing faces. And, you know, just we had COVID go through our fifth grade. Both of my kids ended up with COVID recently. And so it's just this, it's just this thing that's constantly there and I'm over it. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of COVID. I'm tired of everyone fighting about COVID. I'm tired of the different perspectives on COVID. I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired of politics. I'm tired of it all. And so when I heard this in the 25th year of our exile, I was like, wow, here I am whining about inconvenient life for the last not even two years. I cannot imagine being in exile for 25 years. That is a long time. Like 25 years ago, I was a 15-year-old who was full on in her cult and probably was just experiencing Jesus for the first time. That's a lifetime ago. And so this whole 25 years of exile, and it was longer than that, but in the 25th year of their exile, I just can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being taken away from my homeland and just forced into something that I didn't really want to do and then just living like this for 25 years. That's that's just crazy to me. And so I just had to stop and ponder that before I could even go on with chapter 40 and 41 and 42, which end up being about the temple. And so if you go ahead and look into the rest of those passages, Ezekiel has this vision of this temple that's to come. And there's a man or an angel who is measuring it with him and showing him the dimensions of this temple. And I just, as I was skimming those chapters and just thinking about this millennial temple that's to come, I was just thinking back to the temple that was and just the way it kind of you know, it separated people from God. There was this holy of holies place where God's spirit actually dwelled among the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. And yet people couldn't go in. It was like one high priest could go in one time a year. And there was this separation. And yet at the same time, if you think about 
history before that, this was actually like a step in the right direction because God had a dwelling place and there was a place that you would go and meet with him and get forgiveness. And I just started really pondering that. And I started thinking back through all the things that I know about scripture and all the stories and all the history and just kind of filling in the gaps. And I was like, wow, I see a pattern here. And so guys, I want to just encourage you, if we are not in scripture, like I realize that the Bible can be hard for some of us, that we've been just exposed to spiritual abuse based on the Bible. And I know that even in, you know, these ex-evangelical and progressive Christian circles where deconstruction is like a take it all apart and leave it kind of a thing, the Bible is not popular. It's very much something people want to just be able to brush off to the side and excuse and cut parts out of. And yet I firmly believe that it is like vital to our understanding of anything because without scripture, we are literally left with human reasoning as our source of truth. Like what? I'm just supposed to figure this out based on how I feel about stuff and how other people that I think are smart feel about stuff. Like there's no ultimate truth. There's no source of truth. It's just human reasoning and what we think about, you know, how we are philosophizing about things. And philosophy is wonderful. Like I love to think and ponder, but it's not going to help me to find ultimate truth. And so this is a plug. Read your Bible. Like know what it really says. Like I've said this so many times in this podcast, but you are going to be surprised at what it says and what it doesn't say when you read it in context. So all that to say, as I'm thinking about the temple and I'm thinking about the presence of God and I'm thinking about the sacrifices that were required and I'm thinking about this millennial temple that is to come, I start recognizing this pattern. And it's like God is moving closer and closer and closer to people. So you start out in Eden, in the Garden of Eden, when God creates Adam and Eve, and he puts them in this beautiful garden, this paradise, where they get to live together, and they walk with him, and he like is just right there with them. They understand what it is to hear his footsteps. It's just this intimate relationship with him. And that's how it was designed to be. It's how it was intended to be. Human beings were created to be in an intimate relationship with their creator. And sin enters the world. They choose to sin. They choose to disobey God's one command. And as a result, they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And this there's a separation now between God and people. And if you look at the history of the world, this early history, you see this separation and you see that God is still there and he's still trying to talk to people. He's trying to communicate with them. But there it definitely is a separation that like God is not like us and he's not necessarily with everyone all the time. He kind of comes and goes and does his thing. And then Abraham comes along and God really reaches out to Abraham. He calls him. He builds this friendship with Abraham, which is beautiful, but it's really just God meeting with this one guy. And that's not to say that God wasn't doing other things, other places. You think about the high priest Melchizedek, God was obviously reaching out to lots of different people, but we see this kind of a separation where God isn't really talking to just everybody. He's not hanging out with everybody. He's just kind of hanging out with this one person. And then he calls the nation of Israel to be his people and his tribe of people. And he pulls them out of Egypt, out of slavery. And he leads them through the desert with this pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And they experience God's presence and they experience it kind of terrifyingly on this mountain that's shaking and it's smoking and there's an earthquake and they're terrified. And it's not, it's not, I mean, God's closer, but it's not like a good kind of close. Like it's kind of scary. And and yet Moses has a very intimate relationship with God where he gets to see God's back. And, you know, he has these times where he just speaks with God and God speaks back to him and it's, It is close and you catch a glimpse of that. And then as we move through the tabernacle and the temple and you have this system of worship in place and it allows people to come and be forgiven and 
you know, people can gain access to God's presence, at least if you're the high priest once a year kind of a thing. And this is, there's this awe and this terror, I would say, and this kind of this reverence, yet they don't because they're never following the law and they're always abandoning the temple and forgetting about the sacrifices. And you hear, see all this to the kings and the judges, and they're like doing this right in their own eyes. And somebody comes along and follows God and pulls them back to him. And then they go off to their own thing again. It's just this, this whole wishy-washy thing that continues on. And you get, you know, multiple temples. There's Solomon's temple that's then destroyed. Then you have Zerubbabel's temple and then end up with Herod's temple. And then, you know, ultimately that one's destroyed too in 70 AD. And so, I don't know. It's just, it was just like interesting. God feels like he's moving. He's saying, okay, I've kicked you out of the garden. Even we're separate. Yeah, he's moving towards people. He's moving by choosing a man, choosing a people, choosing a nation, giving them a way to worship him. And then Jesus shows up. And what do you do with that one? What do you do with that one? He's God and he's man. And John tells us that he was the one who created the world and he's always been a part of it. And there's episodes of my podcast. You can go back and look where Jesus is there all through the Old Testament. He is there and he's never not been God and God's not ever not been, you know, like Jesus. And it's just this weird thing where we just keep catching these glimpses more and more of God. He moves in closer and closer and closer. And Jesus gives us this whole new revelation of who God is as he just reaches out and loves and touches and holds close the broken ones and the messed up ones and the ones who aren't good, who aren't following the law and who are a mess. And yet those are the ones he's seeking and he's just loving and he's spending time with them, investing in them. He's close. He's so close to us. And then Jesus dies and he rises again and he goes back into heaven. And then we have the Holy Spirit who is even closer because the Holy Spirit indwells every single believer in Jesus Christ. And guys, I don't think we tap into this enough. (laughs) I don't think we have any idea what we have and the power that we have available to us and the comfort and the love and the closeness and the fellowship and the communion and the oneness that we have available through the Holy Spirit. Because too often we're busy either trying to control him and manipulate him and make him do the powerful things that we want and the timing and place that we want them to happen, or we're ignoring him because he's scary and we don't know what to do with him. Guys, God just moves closer and closer and closer until he ends up with us, Emmanuel, inside of us, one with us. And in the future, he's going to come even closer because with the Holy Spirit, We can't see him with our physical eyes and we can't necessarily hear him with our physical ears. And it's not like we can actually talk to him and touch him and, you know, really fully experience him. And yet in the kingdom, Jesus is going to reign right there with us. And we're once again going to be walking with God like we were created to do. This is solid truth that blows me away. You know, this is the kind of thing we miss when we are just wanting to throw everything away because we miss the stories that tell us who God is. We miss the history of God and his relationship with people. And we miss these things that he's revealed slowly but surely to us. And I think we get so caught up in the idea of like, we, we can't separate or we want to separate like the Old Testament from the New Testament. And we can't do that because it's the same God. He's just revealed to us in different ways, and he continues to be revealed closer and closer and closer to us. 
And I love this. And this is the kind of truth that I can hold on to even when I'm not feeling it. So if you're having a day or a week or a season where you just aren't feeling it, you're just not there anymore, you just don't know what you think or what you believe, this is the kind of truth that you can hold on to because you can look at history, you can look back through scripture and you can say, this is who God is. And look at what he's doing. He literally is coming closer and closer and closer to us. He's pursuing us. He's after us. We're being hunted by him. (laughs) Ugh, I love it. And guys, once again, I just want to encourage you. I look at the church and I I get overwhelmed. I'm going to tell you the truth. I get just discouraged just because I feel like uh, so many of us are missing it. And we've become good Christian Pharisees instead of actually following Jesus. Or we're people who are over here being the Sadducees who just want to throw out the truth they don't like and be intellectual and we'll just, you know, make our own truth and do our own thing because we're smarter. And we just need to be the broken ones. We just need to be the tax collectors and the prostitutes who get to know Jesus and let him be who he is and just accept him for who he is and delight in who he is and delight in his forgiveness and his acceptance of us. I really do think the Holy Spirit is reviving his church. I really do think that he is bringing about a reformation. I wish it would happen faster (laughs) than I see it happening right now because I am still discouraged just looking at just the religion and the blindness and just the fixation on rules and human understanding. Like it is discouraging. It is, it's easy to become cynical. But when I lay that aside and I look at who God is and I look at the history of how he's pursued people for thousands of years, he's not giving up. He's not done. He's doing something new and it's going to be okay. So even though the church might be a mess and maybe your church is a mess, God hasn't changed. And he's after us one person at a time. He is after us one person at a time. And he always wins. And he's everything we could ever want. So I would just encourage you, just think back on that. Just sit with this. Look at the way that God has come closer and closer. Look at who Jesus has revealed God to be. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to be who he is. Don't decide who he is. Let him be who he is. Let him speak to your heart. Let him stir your spirit. Let him prompt you. Let him move you. Let him change you. Let him take away those things that you think you need to survive. And let him show you that you only need him. Surrender and let him just be who he is. Let him be so very close. Even when you're not feeling it. Even when you're angry. Even when you're discouraged and you're frustrated and you're upset. Don't stop talking to him. Let him be who he is. And let him tell you who he is. And let him tell you who you are. And just be open to that relationship because God is close. Closer than we ever think. I hope that encourages you guys today. I just feel like this is what I need to share today. It's a little different than what I've been sharing, but it just just keeps resonating in my heart and in my mind. And so I hope that just speaks to you today. And I hope that encourages you guys. Thanks for listening. And as always keep searching. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.